0: Hello, everybody. I'm Henry Yu, principal of UBC St. John's College and a professor in the Faculty of History. I'm here today with Santa Ono, the President and Vice-Chancellor of UBC, and we're going to talk about Asian Heritage Month. Asian Heritage Month is an opportunity for all Canadians to learn more about the many achievements and contributions of Canadians of Asian descent, who throughout our history have contributed so much to Canada. Like last year, this year, Asian Heritage Month is taking place against a background of anti-Asian racism and racism against other IBPOC groups and individuals, as well as the continued tragedy of the COVID-19 pandemic. First of all,
1: what does Asian Heritage Month mean to you, Santa? Well, I'm Asian and, uh, you know, I'm very proud of my Asian ethnicity and uh, all the culture and and, uh, education and uh, practices that are part of being Asian. But it also means a lot to me because over 50% of the students at UBC are Asian and um, they're a very diverse group and it's a moment to really celebrate what they bring to the institution. Henry I know that through your historical research and your community activism that you're very familiar with anti-Asian racism in Canada. What does Asian Heritage Month mean to you and why is it important to celebrate Asian heritage?
0: Well for me it's actually personal as well as even though I, I spent 365 days a, a year researching as a scholar and teaching uh, students about Asian Canadian history, uh, for me I'm you know a fourth generation uh, Chinese Canadian on my uh, mother's side and And I have a more personal familiarity with how my grandfather and and his father and his brothers, uh, you know, they really did suffer from discrimination. They couldn't vote, they couldn't, you know, work in many jobs, uh, professional jobs. They couldn't be doctors, lawyers. And so for me, the celebration is also a way of recognizing um, their struggles to belong, to be, you know, given the opportunity to be able to achieve and so I'm so glad that we've come a long way and so we're celebrating how far we've come in Canada and British Columbia Uh, but we also are acknowledging with this month that you know there's been a long history of anti-Asian racism.
1: Yes and it's not over there still is uh, racism that's uh, systemic and it flared up during the pandemic and you played a key role in UBC hosting the National Forum on Anti-Asian Racism. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I, I mean, and it was really your leadership that
0: inspired us to, you know, deal with this problem as an institution. Because, you know, as scholars, as students, you know, we all try to do our own small, you know, contribution to, uh, to combating anti-Asian racism. But I think your leadership in committing the university, you know, as an institution to combating anti-Asian racism was really important because this is not a new problem. You know, um, this, a lot of people were surprised when during the pandemic, you know, there were incidents of racism and violence, you know, random violence often that was incredibly hurtful and, and, and scary. Uh, for some people, I think they weren't aware of that long history of anti-Asian racism. It wasn't caused, this racism, by the pandemic. It wasn't caused by China or Wuhan or, or COVID. Uh, this has been here with us you know, as part of our history for a long time. And so I think that's why it's so important to have an event like the National Forum recognize that history, recognize the current contemporary issues that so many people are facing, you know, um, from frontline healthcare workers who, who are overwhelmingly being impacted by uh, COVID to, you know, the types of um, attitudes about Asians not belonging, being foreign, you know, somehow, deserving less respect because they weren't fully Canadian. I think these were all things that people began to experience because of you know, that long history of racism and discrimination, but it flared during
1: COVID, but it, it didn't get caused by COVID. Absolutely. But there's also much to be proud of, of the contributions of Asian Canadians to this nation from its very inception, from transportation to uh, fishing, to um, healthcare and, and innovation and there's much to be proud of uh, as well. And uh, this is, in, in the midst of that racism, yeah. um, Asian Canadians have been contributing to the formation yeah. of this province, for the nation, and its links to other parts of the globe. And, and I think it's important to recognize those contributions and to
0: celebrate, I think it's important to you know be happy that we've had so many great Asian Canadians of, of various backgrounds uh, do wonderful things to help society be better. Um, but also that celebration needs to recognize uh, that there was a resilience that it took to do this while you know, basically being treated as second-class citizens. And I think uh, it's an inspiration to us all in this present moment and to not kind of rest on our laurels, so to speak. To not just say, yeah, look, we have a, uh, a long history of, of contributions and celebration and struggle Uh, but we have to continue to struggle. And I think that's where, you know, the commitment of UBC, you know, and your commitment as our leader has, has made so much difference because it, it means that we're going to be in this for the long haul, that we're not just going to be, you know, answering some questions when, when something terrible happens, spectacular happens in the news. And then we, we kind of talk and then forget it about the rest of the time. We're, we're here for that long haul and commitment.
1: Now, anti-Asian racism is one thing that we're talking about now because of uh, the month that we're celebrating, but uh, there's systemic racism uh, that's towards all groups on campus and all parts of uh, society. Uh, we're, we are concerned about uh, systemic racism against indigenous people uh, that was brought to light with in, in plain sight, um, focusing on, on what's happening in the healthcare setting in our hospitals, and in, our, in the, our schools that educate future healthcare providers um, but, but also against all IVPOC people yeah. and uh, as well as anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how um, focusing on anti-Asian racism is relevant to all forms of racism? I mean, to me as a researcher and a scholar, it's, it's vitally
0: important that we can't understand any forms of racism without understanding that they're interconnected and related. You know, I, I, I often use a metaphor of they're, they're all different legs of the same elephant. And if you, you know, only recognize that one leg, and if it's anti-Asian racism, you don't recognize that it's actually one elephant standing astride so many different people. And that's because it's systemic. You know, it it grew out of British Columbia being built around white supremacy and who would count as white and who wouldn't. And, you know, that's been changing throughout the years historically. Uh, But one of the things that's endured is that that original foundation means that the way that British Columbia treated Indigenous peoples, the way that we are still on unceded territory of the Indigenous communities who were here long before others arrived—that that's related to how we treat, you know, uh, non-whites in other uh, circumstances, of how we tr- how Asians are treated, even the category of what is Asian or who is black or who is non-white. These are all connected, and they have to be solved as one set of problems that are interconnected.
1: Now, I had a task force um, and you were a big part of that, but there were hundreds of uh, UBC faculty, staff, and students that were included, as well as community members. And that's recognizing all of the uh, great work that has occurred outside of the university with uh, community groups, really uh, advocating for inclusion and for increased representation uh, within this university and also addressing uh, the barriers for them to truly really flourish while they're here. Mm-hmm. Now the task force is focused on anti-racism mm-hmm. and inclusive excellence. Can you uh, sort of talk to us about the significance of those four words being together? I
0: well, think anti-racism, you know, we often think of this as this, uh, a negative somehow, you know, that racism is bad and therefore we have to do this thing uh, that combats it. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. Um, inclusive excellence to me this idea that actually being inclusive you know creating a society that is is the way we want it to be that we aspire to be that that's a that's a positive to me those are actually both commitments that we have to make uh, in order to make society better um, you know the the already task force it's a start you know it's a start on a long term commitment and I think the idea that we're combating racism and that's a struggle, maybe that is not going to end. And yet, what we're really trying to strive for is an inclusive society, is an inclusive institution at UBC. uh, Something that can, you know, have everyone feel like they belong. Uh, And no one feels that they are being left out or cut out or that they don't have a voice.
1: To me, actually, the juxtaposition of anti-racism and inclusive excellence gets at this sort of myth, if, if I may, yeah. that there's some kind of uh, tension between those. Yeah. That, that, um, that if you have a more diverse community yeah. with representation for all, for some reason that's the antithesis of excellence. Yeah. Uh, actually, my view, and I'm sure it's yours as well, is that when you have a diverse community of scholars and students and staff, as we do now uh, at UBC, that we celebrate that, but we also recognize that that makes us better in everything that we do, that we make better decisions. Uh, It's not just the issue of uh, everyone being part of the university and feeling that they are loved and included and respected, but that their um, optimal performance as a faculty member, as a staff member, as a student, um, actually contributes to to a better institution. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think it's one of the
0: lingering legacies of white supremacy that somehow non-whites, when they are in an institution, bring it down, that they're not as good. I mean, if you think about it, it's so obvious that that obviously is a legacy of racism. Uh, The idea that if you have a diverse room, it's not as good as a room that has no non-whites. And I think that to me is so important to acknowledge, to reinforce, um, because sometimes that gets internalized. You know, we have people who grow up here and I think they begin to believe and doubt themselves that they don't belong, that somehow if they're in the room alone, they're in a law firm or they're in an office, you know, in a, in a business or a, a headquarters and they're the only non-white, that somehow we have people who have come to believe that maybe they're an imposter, that they don't quite belong. And, and that is the really pernicious effects of a long history of exclusion and of racism.
1: Well, Henry, I wanna just thank you because you've been focused on this and your scholarship and your activism for a long time. And it's not easy. Uh, and I know that uh, um, it's not easy uh, because some people don't wanna hear what you have to say. I think it's not easy because uh, as a scholar in an institution that is evolving, uh, that sometimes if you're actually driving that change, if you're a catalyst for the change, that some people may actually not be supportive of you, to be very frank, frank. Uh, but I want you to know that uh, your longstanding commitment to studying the role of Asians in making Canada what it is today, uh, but also being very honest about these difficult conversations about systemic racism are groundbreaking. It's a game changer to what we do as an institution to, to contribute to the field, to making the world a better place. So thank you, Henry, for everything that you've done. Well,
0: it's not done alone. And I think we, I couldn't, you know, be continuing to do this without again, leadership and commitment, uh, but also being a part of a large number of people. uh, And, uh, you know, and we need to be thankful to all of them uh, for those some often the silent struggles uh, that they've endured. And so uh, to me, you know, I, I, our work is, is part of a larger, larger uh, coalition of people who have, Tried to make our
1: society better. Well, thank you very much, Henry. Thank you. Thank you, Santa, for your commitment.